Welcome to Dire Desires. Life lessons from classic erotic thrillers. I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And I'm Abby Circotella. So today's movie is Indecent Proposal. Woo, woo, and woo. Are we going to kick this off with a, with an argument about whether whether genre-wise it fits with the other movies we've watched? Oh, I mean, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, which is that this is not really an erotic thriller, and I don't know how it got on our list, but I think, I think I'm happy we're I doing it. I think Matthew suggested this. I think I did, and I, I still think it fits, because I think our definition of erotic thriller should be a movie where like sex is the main thrust of the movie if you will oh, God. and it's not a, it's not a porno or a comedy no, so not american pie we're not going to watch that that's a, like a romance y- you could call so many different things an erotic thriller by that definition matthew that's just a and romance like if this show continues we will do that <laughs> no because romance doesn't have to have sex as the main component there are a right. lot of romances that have far more sex than any of these erotic thrillers oh absolutely but like is is there a sexual dilemma involved I yeah guess. like in the premise like are they on trial for their sexual behavior is sex the main premise of the entire <laughs> what movie what makes like, that a thriller guys it's not <laughs> when I looked it up I was like why did we do this one the poster kind of gives a thriller-esque vibe okay I, I had a thing I wanted to say maybe this would be the right time which is that there is a thriller lurking within this movie mm. and and uh, wife of the show <laughs> does, anybody do, does anybody in the movie know that <laughs> they don't, but they should, because here is what this movie should have been. Okay. And I know I know we haven't even summarized it yet, but uh, what should have happened in the movie is Robert Redford takes Demi off to his boat, and they disappear. And Woody is like, oh, shit, what happened? Did my wife leave me for him, or was she kidnapped? Is she even still alive? He goes to the cops. Nobody believes him. He doesn't even want to talk about the sex contract. So he has to hunt her, like, you know, hunt down Redford and rescue his wife entirely on his own. I mean, Good that's movie, one right? avenue that you could have a thriller. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I was trying to find but, where the thriller could be. And I like that you think that it says that it's lurking in there. Because I think the premise has potential, but they never get there they get no. bored by the premise very quickly okay abby you want to summarize this movie for us sure molly were you about to say anything well i was about to say you know in what you're proposing matthew you know it seems like if he were to go to the cops well, i'm proposing and say, indecently yes if he were to go to the cops and say my wife has been kidnapped by this guy who i sold her to for one night for a million dollars like <laughs> right that it would seem so out there that nobody would believe him or that this isn't something you can just like tell people but at the same time yeah. Like he had a full on fucking legal contract drawn up for this. You're right. So it, it seemed very strange to me that with this like very weird, uh, I'm not going to say ominous proposal that, that Robert Redford makes, but this very shady proposal that then he goes and gets a legal contract drawn up, but I'm getting ahead of <laughs> yeah, myself. Yeah, that seemed completely <laughs> unnecessary. That like added 17 minutes to the movie for no well, reason. Well, yeah, they had to bring in the lawyer because they needed somebody else to increase tension I guess they yeah I needed guess. another character at some point yeah. they're like I guess we need a lawyer mm-hmm. okay so let's start with with the story of this jump in as needed okay. so indecent proposal I think came out in 93 and it stars Woody Harrelson Demi Moore and Robert Redford and it's based on the novel by Jack Engelhard which is the porniest name I've ever heard <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah, we should look up what the book's about. Oh, oh I did look up what the oh. book is about. It's about a the the uh, Woody Harrelson character is a Holocaust survivor, and the Robert Redford character is like an Arabian sheik. I looked at just a brief synopsis, and I was like, "Whoa, ra- yeah. wow, racial, yeah. uh, yep. wow." So it begins with a dumb quote about love, and if you really love something, then you'll set it free, thus beginning the duo voiceover of Demi and Woody, who talk about their past, how they met in high school glee club, they got married at 19, they kind of alternate going back and forth with these voiceovers. When they said the thing about the glee club, were you hoping (laughs) they would sing at some point in the movie? (laughs) I was hoping that. When I wrote, when I looked back at the my notes for the synopsis, I was like, why didn't they bring back Glee Club? Or, yes. Or why didn't they meet in like shop or something? Because it turns out that he's like an architect and she's interested, I guess, in real estate. I want to talk about this architect Wait, thing guys, so guys, much. Can we talk about also the scene when when they're first meeting and he's driving a car and she's sitting in the back seat and she's supposed mm. to be a freshman in high school. She definitely <laughs> yeah. is in yes. her mid thirties, but then. Yep. She cracks a smile and it is like railroad tracks to the max. Like the braces are aggressive. I was like, frightening. Uh, They didn't even try to make her look younger, except. No, it was like the beginning of. Uh, They threw uh, a wig on her. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, (laughs) The beginning of when Harry met Sally, when they're supposed to be uh, like graduating college and Billy Crystal is is supposed (laughs) to be like 21 and he looks like 41. (laughs) You just throw them in a sweatshirt and a wig and there you go go guys wait I have one other thing to say so this couple and I don't know how you guys felt about this maybe this is this is certainly indicative of of some of my own internal dialogue around sex and marriage (laughs) sure this couple had the most hot passionate physical relationship what appears to be 15 years into their marriage it was really impressive but then I thought maybe everybody's like that maybe everybody <laughs> loves it maybe all women love it when their husbands leave their clothes around and muddy <laughs> cleats on a table and then what happens is like Demi Moore women love to throw muddy cleats at their husbands and then fuck them on the kitchen floor afterward Ugh. oh can we talk about that right now Sure. Yeah. Okay. Can, like, will it ruin the show if I interrupt with the the synopsis with a lesson? Um, oh, we could try okay. it. Okay. Because because that you just you, Molly, you just got to one of my lessons. Okay. Okay. Um, which is the the lesson is if you're having sex and you notice that something's burning, you're doing it wrong. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you should be so into yes. it that like there can be literally clothing on fire on the stove and you just don't give a fuck. Oh yeah, because when she was throwing the clothes at him that he had left around the house, she threw something onto a burner, right? Right, and it started it it started smoking. This amounted to nothing. Didn't matter at all. No. Oh, no. no, because then she could deliver the line, your pants are on fire. Yeah, was- and he's like, yeah, they are, or something. <laughs> yeah. oh, so Guys, this couple had the most, like, they were like, not only did, did they behave like newlyweds, but they behaved like pawing teenagers. Okay. I think that they were only seven years into their marriage. Does it? Did it say that? So wait, they were only like 26? I think that's what, I think yeah, the I, end, they said something where it was like after seven years and I was like, oh, but they got married at 19. So I think they're, they're kind of young and hot and heavy, maybe. Yeah, I think that was what it was supposed to be also. Cause I, I missed the seven years thing, but I definitely didn't get the impression that it was that they'd been married that long. 
Oh. Like they were still kind of young and naive and Yeah, I mean they were so definitely dumb. Love. Oh my god, so dumb. I was really annoyed at the main like issue that they had with the money. So she's a real estate agent and he just like stays at home designing a dream house. In their which, bathroom. Uh, I- Right. And there, I don't know where it is. It seems like it's spread over everywhere, and there's just like paper taped up everywhere. And he's like doing calculations and has glasses on. And he said, "There's a quote that says that he wanted to do a project that summed up everything about architecture that mattered to me." That house would suck so much, right? <laughs> well, when they did show a little bit of it, it had like a grain silo in it. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was a stupid. Stupid house, but it's um, like a museum. Like, what, what am I living in this? And so they buy, but they buy a, a property so that they can start building this house and they start building the home. But then the recession hit. They have no money, I guess, and so they can't pay their mortgage on their land, and have all these money woes. One of my favorite scenes was that they decide to whine about money while she is sitting on the toilet, yes, like, with her underwear down. So it wasn't like she just walked in and decided to like sit on top of a closed toilet, but she's like actively going to the bathroom. Yes, I was so puzzled. <laughs> Looking at bills. Oh my god, that made me so mad. But anyway. I guess it's just supposed to show how just how comfortable they are with each other and the yeah. answer is too comfortable. Too comfortable. Anyway, so they just have all these money woes and so they decide to go to Vegas and the first time they go, they win they win $5,000 or something. So they win money and decide to um like have sex on top of oh, cash that, on that top was of the waterbed. $25,000. Oh, yeah, 25, no, I $5,000 personally like my my lower limit is I will not fuck on less than twenty thousand in cash. Ash turned to me right then and goes, "I have three one dollar bills in my wallet." <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell us what happened after that. Yeah. It, well, actually, what it reminded me of is years ago, for some reason, I had brought home the cash from one night at Delancey to count it and I guess maybe deposit it in the bank the next day. Certainly not to have sex on it. Anyway, (laughs) and um, my friend Ben was visiting and he took a picture. I don't think I knew he was taking it. He took a picture of our dog sitting on the couch like next to a whole bunch of $1 bills that I had been counting. So basically our dog, our dog (laughs) reenacted this movie unbeknownst to me. So, yeah, they had sex on $25,000 in cash. And it was on a waterbed, too, which I was really excited to see. Oh, yeah. Like, would you stay at a a Vegas motel with a waterbed? Like, not for $25,000 would I do that. No. Um, and so anyway, they go back, I think, and there's a whole dramatic scene of them betting like on red or black or red or black. And basically they lose everything. They're really bummed about this. And um, Robert Redford despised me in the casino. And he asks her husband, would you mind if I borrow your wife? Um, he doesn't ask her. He asks the husband if he can borrow yeah, the wife. That's foreshadowing um, right there. Foreshadowing That's... of her being just a pawn in the men's game. Yeah. And I think he bets a million dollars and she kisses the dice and they win. So now she's like Lady Luck. To celebrate, he puts them up in a room. He buys her this dress he saw her checking out and he invites them to a party. And over a game of pool, he decides to offer a million dollars to them for one night with Diana, who is Demi Moore. I thought the scene was so odd because, you know, like he's just kind of his, his cool, charming self and Woody and Robert are playing a game of pool, but once Robert brings up this indecent proposal, Woody stops playing, but Robert just keeps... Continues playing really <laughs> well. And meanwhile, like, I just kept thinking about, like, so Demi Moore is standing there in the corner in this dress 
that this billionaire has bought her. I mean, I guess this is the moment where we really see like how young her character and Woody Harrelson's characters are supposed to be because they they don't seem to think it's like a, a run for your life kind of situation. What's going on with this guy? Right. Like yeah, that's what I was thinking also. That like the the dilemma at the heart of this movie is not about sex. It's about that this guy. There's a very good chance he will murder you. Yes, right? it seems. Yes. I mean, like, like from the Woody Harrelson character point of view, like, okay, so this billionaire has just like set his eyes on your wife. He's borrowed your wife and referred to her as like a good luck token or something. Yep. And then he's bought her a $5,000 dress. And now you guys are all hanging out together. What do you think is going to happen? Either somebody's right. going to get fucked or somebody's going to die. Or both. Or both. If only. Yeah. And so they just kind of act a little bit confused by this offer and a, a little like taken aback. I think they refuse at first. They say they say yeah. no. And But they both can't sleep that night and they decide after some talking that it, it's just her body. It's just sex. But they can use this money for. I guess they, they just need this money so that they can continue building their house. Yeah. Um, they talk about this for like three minutes total maybe. Like, yeah. They, they, they movie like could have been an opportunity here to like build any tension around this at all they're just like yeah all right let's do it yeah there's no tension they they (laughs) both agree to it there's not like any fighting really around it at the beginning like they both are on the same page and then they talk to their uh lawyer friend to draw up a contract and then there's a great scene with oliver platt talking not to robert redford's lawyer but just to robert redford himself dealing with the negotiation of this contract yeah i loved how how the lawyer character appeared in las vegas over the course of like a few hours to present this yeah. contract to Robert Redford. Yeah, he was very good to be able to draw all this up. Like, has he ever drawn up an indecent proposal type of contract before? I mean, maybe that's what he specialized in. <laughs> I also found it so interesting that these, like, this, like, young couple who has no money have the money to fly their attorney to Vegas and, you know, pay all the legal fees for this. And, like, that's what they do? They're going to get a lawyer? It well, sounds like it was, like, their friend, like, doing them a uh, solid Maybe. And he was he was working he was like taking a commission. Yeah, he said something about like five percent. Yeah. Yeah. What I was mad about was that that their money woes were really just so that they could keep building this house. Right. I was later like, we find they... out he's a successful architect, which yeah. he never seemed to be in the first half of no. the movie. And right? he's like overqualified. He gets a job later on, spoilers, and I was that like, was Why so didn't he get it? A... Confusing. <laughs> Why didn't what he get was a job he overqualified earlier? for? <laughs> <laughs> he was overqualified for this job. Anyway, that's skipping ahead, yeah. but okay. it was very frustrating. Okay. So they agree. Diana leaves with Robert Redford for the night. Woody goes down to the casino and like mopes around a bit and then changes his mind and kind of flails about in an elevator for a while with romantic music swelling and chases her up to the roof where she's in a helicopter with Robert and they take off. Robert and Demi are on a yacht and they do a coin toss to see like if she's really going to stay or not and then they fade to black and then the next scene is Woody kind of moping in his hotel room. Okay, this is what I want to talk about right here. This movie took us to a fuck boat, right? Yes. And like then Robert Redford it left like, the fuck boat. Yes, yeah, somewhere <laughs> in international waters, he has stationed a fuck boat. And we get to go to Robert Redford's personal fuck boat and we don't get to see <laughs> one 
goddamn second of them fucking on this fuck boat. I've never been more angry I know, about anything I know, in a movie. I know. We saw them kiss, and then we... Barely. Like, seriously, guys, what happened was we saw them kiss, and then we see the opening, like, the blinds opening in Woody Harrelson's hotel room, mm-hmm. and it's daylight. I turned to yeah, Ash, right. and I was like, no... No, yes, that's what happened in my house too. No, it's not already Ugh. daytime. Where's the sex scene? <laughs> See, this is fascinating because I, as a naive person, I guess trusted the movie, and I was like, "Oh, this is artsy. They're not going to show it to us that we're like Woody, and we just wonder until they're going to reveal to us what really happened." Like, I, I had that thought also. Like they maybe don't. flashbacks, or like we just get a big confessional scene by her, so we find out the deets. Well, but Abby, there is a flashback later involving a hippo. Do you think that was what happened? Oh my God, don't even get me started on these fucking hippos. I mean, I also, hold on, wait a minute, guys. I'm not done with the sex scene. But then (laughs) I found myself thinking about, you know, what would a sex scene have looked like with Robert Redford, who at the time of this filming was 55, and Mm -hmm. Demi Moore, who was a child. Not really, but you know what? She was probably in her late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I kept thinking like, how would they have done this so that Robert Redford looked good? And then then I recalled that like basically every other sex scene we have seen in a movie that we've discussed on this podcast has featured pretty much only the woman's body in the sex mm-hmm. scene right we hardly see any skin from the right. man so why why couldn't we have that sex scene unless robert was like no but then why even have him in the movie we saw right. a decent amount of demi moore's like cleavage and like one nipple but i would have loved to have seen <laughs> I also a lot noticed the more. one nipple <laughs> i would have loved to have seen a lot more and i would have loved to see some real action in this movie. Yes. Like, yeah, and it could have been shot in a way where we didn't have to see him or use a body dub. Yeah. Like I, I, on IMDb in the trivia, it talks about how a famous porn star is the body double for Robert Redford. And was, when? I was like, no, <sighs> when? it's yeah. not because there is no time when, when? He's naked. And like, he, he's so never even been... in like a bathing suit. He never even Maybe right. there's 15 hours of deleted off. footage. Yes. Yeah, we need to find the deleted scenes from this movie because that—I mean—that scene could have been interesting because it would have been like awkward. Like they've never—they just been, met. It could have been. They've never so done it before. Hot. Yes, exactly. Like you could have had Robert Redford because you know all along, basically the scene right before they kiss on the fuck boat, he's saying to her like, "You're gonna like this," and she's like, "Don't bet on it." But you can see that then when they do kiss, there's like it's a good kiss, right? Yeah, like, there's some I would tension love there. to see the sex scene from this where like they're getting to sort of discover each other. Yeah, I I felt like I was robbed at gunpoint by this movie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we don't get any sex scene. Basically, Woody and Demi go back to their home and they start fighting. They start to distrust each other. Like within seconds. Yeah, within seconds. Because they decide not to talk about it because that's really healthy Uh, just to not even talk about it. Then they find out that their property was taken from them because they defaulted on their payments. And of course, Robert Redford is behind this. Demi and Woody have a big, huge fight. Oh, in the thriller version of the of the movie, by the way, when uh, when Woody does eventually go to the police, he brings the contract with with him to say, like, look, see, like, like, you know, he did do this. But the contract is just for Robert Redford to buy the land. Oh, and, like got switched somehow. Or there's like a clause in there that's like, I can actually kidnap her. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, damn it, I didn't read it. Yeah. Always read the fine print. Yep. This is why you don't use your friends. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's a different movie. So anyway, they are like separated and she gets a second job because she is like 
needs to distract herself and she starts teaching citizenship classes. Um, why she couldn't do this before when they needed the money, I don't know. Also, Woody is just moping. Then yep. Robert Redford is, starts wooing her and kind of like showing up wherever she is. He crashes one of her classes. He makes her show him around to different properties as a real estate agent. Takes her dancing and gives her a dog. And so he basically is trying to woo her and she's like not having it. But I, he has like one confessional that gets to her heart, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so then Woody... Dumb. Yeah, also they communicated over the course of like 48 minutes. Yeah, way too long. It goes on so long. And we had no idea what the time frame was, like how long Woody and Demi had been separated, like where they were emotionally. Anyway, so Woody is scrapbooking and rips up all the pictures of Demi. He confronts them. Demi has like a beautiful glow up and they're going out to dinner and Woody drunkenly confronts them. And then the butler, whose name is not Farnsworth. Shackleford. Shackleford. Yes. Shackleford. <laughs> One Such of my favorite things. Yes. Who we found out earlier has like killed somebody on <laughs> Robert Redford's instructions. Yes. That never comes up again, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> I was like, are we supposed to be afraid of Shackleford? Because he looks like a grandpa. <laughs> I know. No, don't be afraid of Shackleford. He like tucks Woody back in. Then Woody starts teaching. He's very overqualified for this new job. Again, why he didn't get this when they needed the money, I don't know. The, the end of the movie, there's some animal fundraiser that Demi and Robert Redford are at. That's like really fancy. She's holding a parasol. I could not understand what the bidding was for, for a picture of hippos oh, me or neither. the hippos. <laughs> <Please tell me. laughs> I was wondering the same thing. Like, Like they bid on a hippo and like, do you get the hippo? Because like, you know, that is something like billionaires would do. Like, do they get to hunt the hippo? I mean, maybe. Maybe it turns into Hippo King or something. Like, you know, yeah. you own it. Yeah, no, I could totally see, like, fucking, like, billionaire Robert Redford, like, bids on this hippo and then just, like, lets it loose on his property and hunt, <laughs> hunts down and kills the hippo. And it eats the dogs before then. Yeah. keeps buying dogs for her. <laughs> anyway, so Woody shows up and bids $1 million for the hippo or the hippo picture. Then it starts raining, and so then they have to... Can I tell, they you, have, okay. can I tell you guys yeah. what I kept thinking about throughout this movie? Mm. And I really thought about it in this scene when Woody shows up and bids a million dollars. I kept thinking, well, he lost 5% commission to the lawyer. <laughs> yes. And yes. then he definitely would have had to like pay some sort of tax on this. You can't just oh, give yeah, somebody a million dollars. Guys, I am so sexy <laughs> that this is what I, I think about. I, I'm like doing accounting in my head. Oh yeah, no, the million dollars amounted to nothing. Like it was just like sitting around and they didn't care. Yeah, they both say with their friend as a proxy that they, neither of them wants the money. Like the other one can have it. No, I don't want it. You can have you guys, it. They never cared about this money wait, at any point. Did you guys also notice that when the agreement is reached and, you know, the contract is signed, we're going back a little bit in the movie, that Robert Redford says that the $1 million will be deposited into their casino account. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I noticed that, that too. Because I was like, wait a minute now, that seems tricky. It seems like the, now the house is going to take some of it. Yeah, probably. I was really hung up on this. I was like, Woody, you, <laughs> well, can't, be, you can't be bidding a million dollars. You don't have it all, man. Right. Molly, you raise a really good point. I wanted to know a lot of details about what was in this contract, both on the money side and the sexual side. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's true. I thought there'd be more details of like, oh, we can go this far when this like yes like, what did he buy her for is he just allowed to ha do anything he well, yeah, wants that's never thinking, brought up like, her fear can he like you know can he 
have sex with her any way that he wants to? Can he can he force her? Can he Wouldn't she be afraid? We never get to see her afraid. She just kind of looks sad because she should do this for Woody. Right. She's never afraid for herself. She's never like thinking about herself at any point. It's everything is for Woody. Yes. She is a hollow shell with breasts. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say the working title of the movie was All for Woody, but then I got severely derailed by that disgusting thing that you said. <laughs> okay. Okay, wait. Finish the synopsis, guys, because I, I know, have, we've got some, have some lessons here. Yes. Okay. So at the end, they, he signs the divorce papers for her, and he leaves. Robert Redford and Demi are in, are in the limo, and Robert Redford decides to tell her that she's the best from the Million Dollar Club. And she kind of thanks him for this because he's letting her go in a nice way, I guess. And she ends up grabbing a bus that just happens to go by that takes her <laughs> yeah. to Paradise coast or paradise cove or something where they got engaged seven years earlier yeah that's why it says seven years where woody is also there moping and they hold hands and i guess they're back together the end yeah if you looked at they didn't show like the front of the bus but it said like number 37 woody (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like oh cool so anyway i guess rob redford was basically like their fairy godmother because he stepped in when they needed him most to find out that love truly like conquers all yeah oh, and, and that love cannot be bought i feel like that yeah. is what the the finale of the movie like uh, you know the the ending was so i really liked it when when i thought she was gonna leave and stay with robert redford like i oh yeah i really enjoyed that's, that's that. kind of what they were teasing at the beginning of the movie where like they right. were each like on their own separate peers like you know thinking about the old days back when they were together well but i also like i don't know i just really liked the idea of her being with Robert Redford and maybe I think I was just holding out hope we were finally going to see what happens on the fuck boat <laughs> I yeah know. Um, I know I thought like, that it was like part of her growing up like oh you're 19 you marry Woody but when you're grown up and you know what you want now you go with hot billionaire right right, right. and like the, the problem for me was he was he was an asshole but like mm. other if you could have like toned that down a little I would have been on board with that also oh, I, I, he was an asshole but like I don't know I found Robert Redford still not as creepy as he should have been Can I, like he's just so charming s- to me guys I so I read a little bit about this movie I just sort of looked through the Wikipedia synopsis and on Wikipedia whoever wrote the Wikipedia synopsis is basically um, they're under the impression that when the Robert Redford character is in the limo with Demi Moore and he says the thing about like like you're the best one of all the million dollar Uh girls that it was a lie that he made up because he could see that she was wanting to go back to her husband that that the two of them were never going to have what she had with Woody Harrelson and so he made up this lie that there were like dozens of million dollar girls did you get the vibe that that was yeah. a lie in I the did, moment I did yeah. get that because he had to he had to like he was like you know, egging Shackleford or whatever exactly. his name on he was like member Shackleford like don't you think she's the best and he Shackleford is like, like oh. what he's, and he's yeah. like you know Shackleford the million dollar club he's like oh yes sir of course yeah and then oh, God, guys, and then it sounds I... like he's being a dick but then Demi is like oh thank you and then at the end when he watches her go away he says something how like she'll never look at me the way she looks at Woody like I had to let her go true I mean it wasn't like a weird when he could have just said like you know I get it go back to Woody I'll be okay yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Wow. So I have a confession to make. (laughs) 
I love Molly confessions. Oh, does I... the confession that you were once that you were once party to an indecent proposal? <gasps> no, it's that I was high while I watched. This. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told us which, <laughs> which may be why. Uh, so I'm pretty pleased that I picked up uh, that I like followed it as well as I did. But I definitely looked at my notes this morning and was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what did I watch? Oh, well, I want to hear one of your lessons. Then. Yeah, tell us your lessons. Well, actually, so this morning I went through and, and pulled together my lessons in my right mind. Mm. Were um, you were you high enough that the part with the hippo made sense to you? <laughs> No, yeah. there, was this, there was this hippo flashback, and it was like the flashback you would have if your wife was killed by a hippo. Ash and I both. So when they, what was it like, a hippo doll or something that one yeah. had like a stuffed holding? animal? He's playing with the dog, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the screen would cut to like footage of a, a live hippo opening its mouth. Oh yes, I was, I was like, sure. what is going on? That was such a, <laughs> like that was such an anomaly. It was I thought someone had recorded over my VHS tape. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Anyway, one of the notes that I wrote, but this is not a lesson, is David is a small man. <laughs> That's one, mm. one of the notes I wrote. <laughs> while, while the Woody Harrelson character was freaking out, I just thought to myself, he's a small man. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's pretty just whiny and mopey. Yeah. Yes. Hey, anybody want to start with a life lesson? Life Lessons. Well, I already did one of mine illegally during the during the synopsis. So <laughs> yeah, you'll okay. be fine for that later. Well, I've got one. I don't know if you remember um, in the scene uh, when Robert Redford is talking with the attorney, with Woody Harrelson's attorney, Oliver Platt, and they're hashing out the details of this contract. One of the the clauses of the contract is that that the money still must be paid, even if Robert Redford cannot like quote unquote complete the act. Right. Right. And even if he dies in the act, okay? Yeah, I thought that was going to happen. And then, yeah. <laughs> then one of them says, so, the John Garfield clause. And the other one is like, oh. yes. Well, so guys, this morning I, I, I looked this up. I learned a little bit here that you might want to file away for any contracts you need to make in the future. So John Garfield was uh, an actor in Hollywood uh, a long time ago. And in the 50s, I guess it was, he died. He was separating from his wife and he was having like some heart trouble and anyway he died in like his mistress's bed oh and was it madonna at, at like <laughs> at like the age of 39 so i guess this was very suspect or something he was also oh. and th this part is uh sort of maybe unnecessary intrigue but he was also being investigated by the house un-american activities committee and some people oh they did it some people speculated that it was because of the stress coupled with his like underlying heart issue that he died in his mistress's bed at the age of 30. Oh. But anyway, guys, so the John Garfield clause, that's, you know, like the idea. Okay. Uh, so a little, little inside Hollywood A little there. inside Hollywood. So basically what I'm saying here is the next time you hear of someone dying in the act of lovemaking, you can just say, oh, they pulled a John Garfield. Okay. Or they I've just put him on trial. I've Molly is kind of the ultimate Hollywood insider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but so. But she's still so down to earth. So, uh, yeah. That's I, true. <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I uh, my life lesson is um, well, I'm just gonna try to find ways to work John Garfield into <laughs> I like sentences. It. Every contract you get from now on, you should I have a John Gar- Like in your painting right. contract, you're getting your house painted, yes. put in the John Garfield clause. Yeah, guys, I think the pressure washing has come closer <laughs> to my, my closet where I'm recording well, this. Can you hear okay, it? Okay, first of all, someone is now working on the exterior of my building, and <laughs> it's very clunky. This is just how things are these days. Yeah. Like if we, hear, if we hear like the swell of the pressure washing, it'll just it'll just like raise the, the erotic tension. Oh, oh yes. The, do you guys hear the vibration, the thrumming of this mm-hmm. pressure washing? It's like it'll be like the waves slapping against the side of Robert Redford's fuckboat. Yes. Oh god. Or the vibration that was a weird of, fuck of boat his, too. his vibration bed, his magic fingers bed yes. maybe. He probably yeah, he probably had one of those. Anyway, okay, wait, who else has a life lesson? I have one. I learned in the beginning of this movie um when you know their love was at their at its peak that architecture can be entertainment. Oh. <laughs> they talk about they talk about when one of the voiceovers how like sometimes when they're like bored, right. they would go on walks and he would point out architecture to her. <laughs> yes. Oh, he would entertain her by uh by making her walk around and look at buildings that he liked. Yeah, and just kind of talk and I'm sure he would mansplain to her all the different oh, yes. interesting architecture. Yeah. Like- Did you guys notice that moment when then he um he does one of those like straddle hops over like a parking meter or something? Oh, no. I, that was Did that was the only notice? part of the movie that was genuinely scary because I thought he was gonna like take his nuts off. I did not know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, I just wow. love. I just love like how architecture was brought in. Like this was his one true love, but he was, uh, and he wanted to make his project sum up everything about architecture that mattered to that me. That is such a bad idea. It was well, such a like lazy plot point too. Yeah, like, I, this is important. I had a, a life lesson that has to do with architecture as well. And okay. Once again, so all of these movies we've talked about have a lot of like um, a Chekhov's gun that never actually goes off. Like mm. you know architecture here is one of those things right but guys i learned that even a brick wants to be something (laughs) (laughs) that is a a a quote that was featured in this movie a quote by uh the american architect louis khan or louis khan even a brick wants to be something guys this realization or this philosophical moment was given like a full 60 seconds in this movie oh yeah when he started giving this is his, his lecture. lecture yeah this is his lecture to students i guess he's a teacher I, right I why did they make him a teacher like where is he teaching like when did he get qualified for this and why is he giving his, his he's lecture overqualified. like it's a ted talk yes <laughs> what uh, what does a brick want to be architecture supposed to symbolize something what is a brick is is the brick to me more is he the brick <laughs> i know what? i was trying to find like i wrote that down a brick wants to be something but like what and what are he, we he was looking at this get? brick during the lecture and thinking it Reminds him of, of his ex-wife who was built like a brick shit house, right? Yes, that's exactly it. Um, um. Yeah, I just even a brick wants to be something. Like I so desperately want this to mean something. I know. Like and I want this to yeah. be a literary movie. I think. I yeah. It like it. it I've got like some Nicholas Sparks vibes from that kind of mm. like. That, yeah, that uh, kind of whole sequence. Yep. Where well, it was kind of montage a little bit. Right. You know, so like, right oh. before he started giving the lecture, remember he was flipping through architecture slides in the dark, and the scene was shot exactly like the scene in Nine and a Half, nine and a half Weeks, oh, where no. Kim Basinger is flipping through slides, and I expected him to start jerking off to these architecture slides. Oh, I bet you he did it after the students left. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, this sums up everything I know about architecture. <laughs> Did you at any point in this movie ask yourself like who would you rather? Like the Robert oh. Redford character or the Woody Allen character? And we're not just talking Not about- Woody Allen. Oh, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody Woof, <laughs> that's a hard one. Woo! The Woody Harrelson character was just... I get that he's supposed to be this, like, youthful... But he was... Hmm. They were both dicks in their own way. Maybe he was the brick. And he just wants to be something because he's born yeah, as that's a brick. True. And he just decided now that he wants to do something with himself. But because hmm. he was uh. he was nothing. He was he was so boring and basic. I was excited for her to hang out with Robert Redford because he at least had like some swagger and charm. Yeah, I mean, I wanted I wanted uh, Redford to be less manipulative, and then I then I would have been team team Redford. Mm. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, because he was very like know it all. Like everything can be bought. Like you, everything is for sale. Basically, he says like I bought you, didn't didn't I? And like puts his hand over her hand in a very like ownership type way. Yeah, I mean no nobody cared about Demi Moore for a second in the movie. The the men in the movie only ever no. cared about themselves. Yes. She was doing it for him and she is dressed like a doll multiple times. Again, oh, there were which some is, weird outfits in this movie. Oh my god. The outfit that he dresses her up in on the fuck boat is like not a sexy outfit at all. No. It shows really no skin. Was, it's like kind of one of those like Mandarin Chinese kind of button yeah, up at the side. He totally dressed her up like a like a caricature caricature of a a Chinese woman. Yes. Yeah, that was weird. Okay, I've got a lesson. My lesson is, uh, before smartphones, it was way harder to find ways to kill time while your spouse was off fucking Robert Redford. (laughs) He spends, like, all night, like, awake in this casino with, like, the bright lights flashing and everyone's having a good time except him and his mind is racing and and he tries to, like, chase after her, but it's too late. Whereas, like, if this movie was set today, he would just, like, you know, flip open his... Flip open his phone. He would just... uh, (laughs) (laughs) What? He would flip open his Motorola Razor <laughs> and start playing that snake game. And uh, before before he knew it, you know, like read read a couple of, of tweets, and then you know, before you know it, it's morning and she's back. Yeah. How do you guys think you would feel if your spouse were off fucking Robert Redford and you were going to get a million dollars for it, but you just had to get through the night? Okay. Do you think Do you think we should like pause the the show so that our spouses don't hear what we're going to say? Probably. Okay, Abby. Yeah. Hit, yeah. No, Abby. Hit. Hit. Pause for sure. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. Uh, again, like I would, I would be worried about the murder side of the of the qu- equation. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would it, definitely, I would definitely, if Ash came back alive, uh huh, I would definitely want them to tell me every. Of yeah. course. Every yeah. fucking detail. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be fine with it as long as I could be guaranteed no murder. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And I would not just, like, set the million dollars aside and forget about it either. You no, also I definitely that. would not spend it on a fucking hippo. No, giraffe or nothing. <laughs> um, so, so, would you, so you would sell your spouse? <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't think of it that way. Yeah, I also find it so fascinating that it's like that. Like, it's not up to her to decide, like, hey, will you have sex with me if I pay you a million dollars? It's, will you let your wife have sex with me if I pay you, the husband, a million dollars? Right. Well, I mean, that was, like, the game that Redford wanted to play. You know, it, it wasn't about sex. It was about, like, you know, I'm so bored being so rich. Like, what what can I, I do with have, my money you, to entertain yeah. myself? 
Like, you have love, but I don't have everything, and right. I just want love, and I just want it for one night. Abby, I guess you can turn the recording back on now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been recording the whole time. Our <laughs> oh, <Dantinous>. no! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Robert Redford was, was delightful. Uh, he was, you know, smarmy a little bit, but I feel like you could kind of joke with your spouse about it and make it more of a, Yeah, like, of course. I would have totally fucked that guy. Yeah, I mean, as long as it was, all, all of the specific acts were, like, consensual and maybe agreed upon in, I don't know, a contract or something ahead of yeah. time for a million dollars, I don't know, it'd be a great story. It'd be a great story. Yeah. Like, you know, how did you, how could you afford to put that new wing on your, on your architecture <laughs> dream house? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I thought too that like it was going to, cause I kept waiting for a thriller esque or a, a really dramatic, you know, storyline to come up. And so when he's kind of moping with Oliver Platt in the restaurant, a waitress comes up and gives him something. And I was like, oh, maybe because she's off fucking someone else, he's going to like find someone to fuck in, in Vegas and be like, well, you got to do it. So I'm going to get to do it too. And that would add another level. Good idea. No. I did like the part where um, she they find out that uh, that Redford bought their land out from under them, and she goes to the restaurant where mm. he's eating with his with his rich buddies and like flips the table on them. I was like, okay, life goals. I want to flip a table on a bunch a bunch of billionaires. Yeah, there's a lot of like food and drink smashing in this. Yeah, movie. the scene where yeah where they find out that Robert Redford has bought their land out from underneath them that just seemed out of keeping with his character. I mean, I, it did. I I'm not yeah. saying he was a good person but for him to turn around and buy the land out from underneath them seemed like extremely cunning and like he'd planned it that way all along as like a real estate deal yeah i don't know i mean it was just an excuse to get her back in his presence again yeah but wow that's a long game because he kept stalking her after that which leads me to my next lesson if that's all right oh yeah. yeah take it away I learned that when you teach, you have to bring your own globe. You don't get provided a globe. (laughs) You don't get provided a globe, even though you're teaching in a classroom where everything's all set up for you. You have to bring your own globe. They don't provide it. Wait, how do you know she brought her own globe? Because when she leaves the classroom with him, she's carrying the globe out. I didn't notice that at all. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have to give credit to my husband for that because he noticed it because I was too busy getting mad at Demi. But why is she carrying her globe? And I, I just decided that, you know, citizenship classes, you got to bring your own globe. B-Y-O-G. <laughs> B-Y-O-G. Abby, your husband does so much for you. I don't see why you betrayed him and went to Redford's fuck boat. <laughs> really wanted that dress um <laughs> that is incredible like so so you think she like was this like her first day teaching no it she brings that globe like every it. day i guess I think so yeah because globes are globes get stolen if you leave them behind <laughs> yeah what do you think she did with the globe you think like like she thinks her students like don't know the earth is round or like they're not dumb no i mean she keeps asking them to say like where they're from and it, it, she treats the class like it's an esl class instead yes, of a citizenship right. class i have a lesson my lesson is always bet on black. Mm. And uh, yes. Woody Harrelson, because he lose all their money betting on red at the roulette table, but Woody Harrelson should have known to always bet on black because Wesley Snipes was in Passenger 57 in 1992, which is where the line always bet on black comes from, but he was also in White Men Can't Jump in 1992, co-starring with Woody Harrelson. And so apparently, even though Woody and Wesley spent all this time together on set, Wesley never imparted the key the wisdom that would have saved Woody's marriage and maybe his life. 
Uh, Always bet on black. Sanity, at least. Wow, those are a lot of references there, of which none of them I know. Wow. Uh, Well, I mean, Passenger 57 is a bad movie that has one good line that is not really worth seeing. White Men Can't Jump is a really fun movie. That's a good movie. Yes, I've I've heard that. Guys, did you know that cuckoos steal nests? (laughs) I I learned that from this movie. (laughs) So... I think this is true. It is. I looked it up. Except that the way they said it made it sound like the cuckoo like finds a nest and like carries it away. <laughs> like yeah. a globe. Like it's a glove. Like it's like the hamburglar. <laughs> <laughs> Cuckoos are notorious nest burglars. Yeah, what what was even going on in that scene? Like I just wrote down guys, here's a sequence of things I wrote down. Okay. David is a small man. Hippo. <laughs> Cuckoos steal nests. Even a brick wants to be something. I love you, even though you're a jealous asshole. Like he was, he was really like going through some shit at that point, huh? Because nothing he said made any sense. Well, who was the conversation? I remember that the cuckoo conversation happened, but who was it between? Was it between Woody and Redford when they're when they're like arguing outside the restaurant? I don't know. Maybe Shackleford. Maybe he, maybe when he tucked him in, it's like his story. His animal fact for the day. I really don't remember when the, when this happened. I mean, I just I just wrote it down. No, I think I think what it was was that that Woody calls Robert Redford a cuckoo because he says cuckoos <laughs> lay their eggs and like, cuckoos steal nests and like you stole my nest. It was not uh, it was not a very sick burn. It was like that... the least sick of burns. And so was that even like mad that he stole the house and not the wife? Like, oh, he, he I really didn't, didn't even realize care the about nest the wife? represented the house. That makes sense. Because it wasn't like, oh, cuckoos go around stealing other birds' mates. It was the home. I don't know. I mean, he was he was way more into the house than into her, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it summed up everything about architecture that mattered to him. Right. Everything. Yeah, I don't know what ha- why the end of the movie decided to introduce a whole lot of animals. Yeah. Oh, there were so many animals. The hi- yeah, the hippos, the cuckoos. The hippo home movie is still so baffling to me. Yes. Like, it, was it from, like, when they went to the zoo when they were young and in love or something? I guess. But then why did they have a fundraiser at the end? Like, I don't know, like, why that was connected to the next scene with the fundraiser at the animal park or zoo or whatever it was, endangered species. Is there like one of those, you know, like aspirational relationship facts about hippos, like hippos mate for life or something? Oh, maybe. <laughs> like swans or lobsters There's, or something. Yeah. What, what animal would you guys be? Out of the animals presented in this movie, dog, hippo, or cuckoo? Oh, interesting. Ooh. Like, I've always really admired the Hamburglar, so I guess I'm going to go with cuckoo. <laughs> Okay. I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be a hippo. Yeah, hippo seems pretty great. Like, you get to, like, lounge in, yeah, in the water all day. Yeah, they seem real chill. Yeah, People I mean, assuming that you don't get, like, you know, that poachers don't come along. Yeah. Or if Woody buys you. Or if Woody buys <laughs> Way you. Way to bring it down. So, we've already established this movie was not erotic and not a thriller. I, I mean, the sex scenes between Woody and Demi were good. Yeah. But, but I think that I thought there was going to be so much more to come that I yeah. sort of ignored them. Yeah. We were like, oh, we're, we're waiting for the main event. Like, we get what they're setting up here. Fine, fine, fine. But, like, let's get to the real juicy stuff. Well, yeah. and also, like, the yeah. first, like, the one the one where they, like, have, like, makeup sex in the kitchen, like, I found, like, I couldn't really enjoy it because I was worried about the burning pants. Well, and I just kept thinking, God, n- like, who wants to, f- like, have makeup sex after this? Yes, yeah, that also. 
pretty like spectacular like, fight. They're like, throwing. Things. I feel like that's a real movie thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so the thing I was gonna say was I feel like this this is an Adrian Lyne movie, so mm-hmm. same director as mm-hmm. Nine and a Half Weeks, and I feel like he like you know he finds a book that has a juicy premise mm-hmm. and then doesn't care about anything after establishing the premise. Yeah. Because it's like Nine and a Half Weeks. I don't even know what the juicy premise there is, but like you know this 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 movie definitely has a juicy premise. I've said juicy too many times. <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds really weird, and and then and then like by the end we're like, uh, let's let's do something symbolic involving hippos. I don't know. I'm out of. I ran out of ideas eighty minutes ago. God, I just I don't understand why there isn't more sex in these things. It's weird. Well, there isn't even like a good buildup of tension. You know, like there were definitely moments where Robert Redford was like looking at Demi Moore. Yeah. Or Demi Moore was, you know, her her cleavage was catching the light or whatever. <laughs> but I know that our our cultural ideas of like what is sexy have changed over time. I was wondering like, about that too. But I also just feel like these movies are lacking in good hot sex. Yeah, I mean, I I think the '90s were like, and especially like the early '90s were like a more sexually repressed time than we remember because like we were young and not paying attention, or in the case of Abby, probably not born yet. I, um, I was born in the, in late '80s, uh, and so like like you know, <laughs> I, I think about this like when when I watch like a '90s movie and there, and there's like some casual gay slur in the movie, and just yes. like this was not very long ago, and that was in like every goddamn movie. Yeah, there was and, even a like a homophobia thing in here too, where the lawyer had to like say something that was supposed to be like a funny joke or something that was he was basically saying I'm not gay. Yeah, absolutely. I was just like, God, it's just constant. And yeah. and so maybe like this was a time when there was, like if you put like two sex scenes in your movie, that was like edgy. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, to me, it just seems a, a lot to rely a lot on the trailer and like yes. the buzz. Like, oh, this is going to be sexy because of the like this title and the, the premise. But the two sex scenes were the first twenty minutes. Of yes. The movie? And then nothing again. Uh, so yeah. at least spread them out. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Just, just spread them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's right. Visit Dire Desires on the web at diredesirespodcast.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. You can donate to our show at diredesirespodcast.com slash donate. Dire Desires is produced and edited by Abby Circatella. Music for the show is by Audio Nautics. Until next time, live erotically. <laughs> <laughs>